Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is an important series that we are bringing to you on helping churches develop, refine, and improve their ability to serve and minister to special needs families within their churches. We have a series of episodes that are hosted by my good friend, Jana Magruder, where we're going to be introducing to you several experts in this important area to help you better understand what you might do to serve families in your church. With that said, let's dive into this episode with Jana Magruder. Well, hello, everyone. I am so excited to be with you today because today is the day that we get to kick off a brand new series that we're doing uh, called Becoming a Welcoming Church to Special Needs Families. So we here at Lifeway have really um, had a heart for special needs ministry for decades now, um, but we really felt convicted lately to sort of be able to curate the resources that we provide for uh, ministry leaders like yourself, listeners, uh, to be able to um, access everything in a one-stop shop. And so we are actively working with advisors and subject matter experts to help us know how to make uh, our resources most accessible to our churches, because we know that there is such a need for ministry leaders to access Uh, not only uh, content, but also training for how to become a welcoming church to special needs families, which is kind of how we're setting up this series. And so we have uh, recruited a wonderful advisory team that we've been working with the past few months. And one of those advisors is Sandra Peoples, and she's going to be joining us for a couple of episodes on this series. And uh, I want to be able to introduce her now Uh, So Sandra is the Disability Ministry Consultant for the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, or what we like to abbreviate as the SBTC uh, here, and uh, we work very closely with with them, um, multiple people on that staff, and we're so excited to be able to get to know Sandra a little bit more. So Sandra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you. I want our listeners to be able to hear a little bit more about you. So can you tell us about your background uh, in special needs ministry? Sure. I'd love to. I grew up with a sister with Down syndrome. And so we attended a, a small church in Oklahoma. And what was really interesting is even though we grew up in the 80s and the 90s, that church did an amazing job welcoming my family. And there were other special needs families that attended that church. So I grew up with this church that was inclusive and accessible for my whole family. And then uh, my husband's a pastor, and we were serving a church in Pennsylvania when our son got diagnosed with autism back in 2010. And we kind of looked around and we thought, well, there's no special needs families here. Mm -hmm. And so what I had taken for granted as a sibling growing up suddenly wasn't available to me as a mom, as even a pastor's wife. And so... At that church in Pennsylvania, we took steps to start a special needs ministry to make accommodations for our son, James, and then it grew and other families were able to attend. And then we've lived in Texas for the last eight years. And so for the last three years, I've served the state convention in this role. And really what I get to do is help churches either strengthen their existing disability ministry or start a new disability ministry. And that doesn't even have to mean creating a whole new ministry. For a lot of churches, they email me and they say, we have this one kid Mm -hmm. and we want this kid to keep coming, but we need help to make sure that he is safe and that 
that uh, he's hearing the gospel and he's participating in all the activities. So lots of churches start with meeting the needs of just one kid or just one family, and then that grows to a ministry that really can serve their whole community. I love that so much. Uh, you and I were talking uh, before the show about just the terminology of uh, even your job title, and I want you to reference that. You started off being uh, the special needs consultant, special needs ministry consultant, and now you've changed that to disability ministry. Uh, tell us the difference between those two terms and how that's changing. Yeah, it's it is the hot topic in. Yeah. Our field right now. And what I think is interesting is because I grew up as a sibling, I've been in this special needs slash disability world my whole life. And so I have seen language change, right? I've seen things we used to use a lot back in the 80s and 90s, and now they're considered offensive. And so I get uh, that language is hard and that language is always evolving. And as we talk about this, I don't want a fear of using the wrong word or the wrong label to stop a church or a ministry leader from doing this important ministry. But there is a shift right now away from the term special needs. A lot of families and adult advocates who have disabilities themselves, they say, this doesn't really represent us. Uh, this makes us feel like, like they say there's nothing special about our needs, right? Mm -hmm. We have the mm -hmm. same needs that everybody else has. Now, we the way we meet those needs could be considered special or unique or uh, different, but they they're growing in their ability to say hey, and social media is is bringing this to everybody's attention where we're like, like, oh, well, maybe we do need to let the people who are actually part of this community guide the words that we use. And so there's just this shift from special needs to disability. Now, the younger the family is, the newer they are to this world. Mm -hmm. They may use special needs more often than like I do. I have my son, James, is now a teenager. And so he his age determines part of me trying to listen to people who are closer to his age, who are able to speak into this. And so at our church, we now use disability ministry at the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. We use disability ministry. I teach classes at Liberty University, and we use disability ministry. And so the future, I think, is disability ministry. But I know churches are sometimes slower to adopt change, and that's fine. Um, and so just don't let language be another barrier that keeps you from right. doing this. And as you're talking to a family, you can ask them, what language do you want me to use? What language do you prefer? And just do what works for your families, because they're your priority, not voices on social media right. or, you know, like these huge trends. And so just be respectful of the family that's in front of you and even understanding that the family may say one thing and then six months or two years, they're going to say, hey, I know I said this, but now I really prefer this, you know, as as our family has grown and changed and mm -hmm. our kids have gotten more mature. So uh, holding that loosely, I think, is part of it to just say, hey, I'm I'm teachable in this. I want to do what's best for the families that we serve. I'm going to learn from them. But just being aware that there's this larger conversation happening that's kind of guiding at least the way we officially refer to our ministry. I love that because um, I am learning. Our team is learning. Uh, and that's why we have subject matter experts like Sandra helping us learn what the latest is on even terminology. So thank you for sharing that with us. One thing that you uh, told me was that your your personal church that you attend uses both terms 
so that if a family is looking uh, to see if a church has a ministry, they may use a search term for special needs or they may use disability ministry. And so your church has chosen to use both to accommodate both search terms, if you will. Is that is yeah, that kind of exactly. what it is? Okay. Yeah. We don't want anybody to not find us because they're using what, you know, the a different word than we are. So on our webpage on our church, we we're using both of those kind of interchangeably right now so that all the search engines will pick us up. That's great. That's great. Well, I want to shift our conversation to uh, a little bit of research, a survey that LifeWay Research did uh, back in 2020, right before the pandemic, uh, about uh, the the perception of how churches believe they are welcoming those with disabilities. And so um, I, I'm sitting here looking at the study, and it's, it was a very simple survey. Basically, it was asking pastors and churchgoers uh, to respond to the statement, a person with disabilities would feel welcome at our church. And so listeners, what you need to understand is that <laughs> the percentage of, of um, the response to this is something that I rarely see in research. How often do you see that 99% of, any, of anything responds, you know, positively or negatively? 99% is just a really high percent, but that is what uh, this the survey found. The survey re results found that among Protestant pastors, that 99% agree that they that their church is a welcoming church to those with disabilities. And 97% of churchgoers agreed with that statement. And so we as the church and church leaders feel like we're doing a really good job of welcoming those with disabilities. And so talk about that a little bit, uh, Sandra, about what, what that even means. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about what that disconnect is. Okay. Yeah. I think that it is super interesting. I'm super thankful for those results. I am, mm -hmm. that's encouraging, right? That 99% of pastors, 97% of churchgoers are like, yeah, our church welcomes people with disabilities. No problem. The disconnect of course is, is that the experience for families? Is that the experience for people with disabilities? And so as I shared that in the circles that I'm in, Facebook groups and all of that, we we were like, oh, interesting, right? <laughs> because so many families like mine have been rejected from a church. We've right. tried to attend church and then we've been turned away or we're, we're told we can't meet your child's needs or your teenager is too loud in this service and, and just all of those things. You know, I mentioned the church that we were in in Pennsylvania. If you had asked us, is a person with disabilities welcome here? We would have said yes, mm -hmm. but we didn't really look around and say, well, is anybody with disabilities here? Mm -hmm. um, are we representing our community, the number of people with disabilities in our community? Because for a family like mine, my son, James, has autism level three, which means he uh, is mostly nonverbal, can have some high anxiety like he just can't plug into any church environment. So even if a church says, oh yeah, your family's welcome here, steps have to be taken in order for him to be safe and feel comfortable in that environment. And I think that's a little bit of where the disconnect is, is we want, we have this welcoming attitude, but are our actions welcoming? Right. And so we feel like, well, we're being very kind and, and, uh, and, um, uh, warm to welcome, you know, families that, that have children with disabilities. Uh, and so therefore we are welcoming, but we really need to put, you know, uh, 
uh, our actions to to those warm feelings and warm receptions. Yeah. And so um, some of the categories that uh, the survey uh, highlighted were uh, some of the things that churches feel like they're doing. 75% said that uh, they encourage volunteering in events for people with disabilities. So again, that that seems sort of vague, like we're encouraging volunteering. What does that really mean? Um, Another category was providing financially for families with ongoing needs, uh, serving family caregivers by giving them a break. 60% said that they're doing that. Um, It starts to fall down a little bit uh, when it talks about enlisting an additional teacher to aid the person in class or to offer classes or events specifically for those with disabilities. Um, but the, the percentages are still pretty high. So, you know, what do you think about those categories uh, and are those really what need to be highlighted? Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, it, the highest one was we encourage people to go volunteer. So that could be something like Special Olympics. Like, yeah, one of our people wants to volunteer for Special Olympics. We're great with that. Like we would encourage that. The closer it gets to home and the closer it gets to personal changes, whether that is in the worship service or in the children's ministry, really children's ministry is on the front lines of this. This is if a family's coming in, the most likely place they're coming in is children's ministry. Um, And so what, what does it look like for a family like mine to walk in to just any children's ministry at any church and then have us be welcomed and accommodations made? And so, uh, you know, I wonder if the the questions were more specific to children's ministers. What are you doing, right? Or what does this look like at your church? Or do you feel equipped to meet the needs of anybody who could walk in? I think the answers, the more personal the questions could have been, the maybe the more stories we would have heard of, man, I I, I want to, the welcoming attitude is there. Um, and to just, hey, I need help. And that's what Lifeway is doing right now is saying, hey, we we are producing more help for you so that you can be better prepared to welcome these families. Exactly. Uh, Because we know that um, if you look at the public school system, we know that just from data tells us that up to 20% of kids have some kind of uh, accommodation or are being served for a disability. So if if your local school district is serving 20% of their population, is that represented in your church? And so, uh, you know, earlier you were talking about just the percentage of um, of children with autism and how that's under underrepresented. Talk a little bit about, about what we're seeing in actual attendees. Yeah, there was a study done that said if you have a child with autism, you're eight I mean, you're 80% less likely to attend church than a typical family. And so you think of, um, so out of 10 families, only two are attending church regularly. And, and that, when you talk, when you look, we all know that autism numbers are on the rise. We've seen that. And so you think about 20% of your school district, up to 20% of your school district, and that includes learning disabilities. It includes behavioral diagnosis. All of that kind of falls under that umbrella. But if they need help at school to learn, they're going to need help at church to learn. And and we have the gospel. We have the message that that actually provides real hope. And so so many families don't have access to that because they don't have access to the church family that they want to be a part of. And so 
it's just heartbreaking to hear stories from families where you think of like either half the family shows up because the other half has to stay home, right? Like one of the parents has to stay home with the child with a disability, but maybe dad and brother and sister are able to come or eventually just nobody comes because it's so hard to feel rejected or to not have those accommodations. And I think about that in my own life. I think about how different it would have been for me if the church I grew up in didn't welcome Sybil, my sister, then they wouldn't have welcomed me either. There wouldn't have been a place for our whole family. And that would have changed my family for generations. That that would have totally changed us because not only did Sybil not wouldn't have had a place there, but the siblings, Mm. I as a sister wouldn't have had a place there. And so you're not just talking about serving the child with a disability, you're talking about serving that whole family. And, And that is huge when we think about just the impact that this ministry can have, or even just steps of inclusion can have, it can change a family for generations. Wow. I, I mean, when you really think about it that way, uh, it's so convicting uh, for, for us as the church. Um, so I, I wanted to highlight the fact that um, the, the, the disconnect between, you know, the, the representation of, of children with disabilities, if you're not seeing that, if we're underserving yet we think that we're a welcoming church. That to me is where the disconnect is. Even if you're just looking at it from a data perspective, I know you were talking about uh, just you and your colleagues or fellow parents talking about, you know, I don't know about that study because we, I know so many people who don't feel welcome. And I think that's where the story is, is the disconnect and the numbers. If they're, if families aren't even walking in the door, then, yeah. then, you know, there's a disconnect. And so, um, I think for the purpose of um, this podcast series and us unpacking some of this data, um, the message here is how can we uh, become a welcoming church? And I, I want to talk about um, even just church size, because you in your consultant role in such a large state that has so many churches, I know that you work with a variety of, of church size um, and, and leaders and experience um, but I know because you and I've talked uh, that a lot of the people that you work with are at smaller churches. Talk to me a little bit about what that specific need is. Yeah. And because my husband's a pastor, we have served smaller or normal sized churches. You know, we were at a church in Pennsylvania. It was about 150 people, but for a Southern Baptist church in Pennsylvania, that's a pretty good size, you know, and then uh, at our church here in Texas, we run about uh, 400. And so we, I I consider these normal size churches, you know, they're kind of the front lines of this, and they're the type of churches that contact me and say, we have this one kid. Now, there's two ways to look at that. You could say, well, we don't have the resources. We don't have the people. We don't have the knowledge that the big churches do. We live outside of Houston. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for a big church that has an awesome disability ministry, you can find that in Houston. You can drive 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and you can be a part of that. But not everybody can. And if I'm specifically looking across the whole state of Texas, not every family like mine is going to have access to a big church that has these resources. And so part of what I like to do is just break it down and say, what, who is coming in the door? How do you meet their needs? And if you can meet their needs, then you can keep meeting the needs of even more families that come in. And so you just take these steps of 
even on your like your children's ministry registration form, could you even put a question on there that says something? Does your child have a allergy, a learning disability, a uh, special need, you know, like we kind of group those things together so that parents would more likely mm-hmm. put something in there so that we can be prepared to meet the needs of that kid. Whereas if a church doesn't have that on their form, a family might even try to hide that because they don't want to be rejected from that church. But the more information you have as the children's ministry leader to be prepared to welcome that student, the better. So it starts when you walk in the door. It starts when they go to your website and they're looking for that form and, and even that language. If they if I go to a church website and I don't see something about a special needs ministry or a disability ministry, I my family can't even right. visit that church. We wouldn't even try. Um And normally that could come under children's ministry, like just some language that says, hey, if you have a child with a disability, shoot us an email before you come visit so that we can be prepared to welcome your child. I mean, it's really just that easy. And then getting to know each student individually and meeting those individual needs. So you're not overwhelmed by every possible person with every possible disability walking into your church. You're really just meeting the needs of the ones who are showing up and who are coming. Right. And that that's a great place for us to close this episode out because I'm going to ask you back to join us for the next episode uh, where we're going to really unpack some specific ways that we can look at becoming a welcoming church to special needs families. Um, Sandra, I want everyone to know about a resource that you have written called Unexpected Blessings. Tell us a little bit about that and where our listeners can find that. Okay, it's a book that I wrote, Unexpected Blessings, The Joys and Possibilities of Life in a Special Needs Family. And it's really a gift to other special needs families uh, like mine to say, you. I, this is a, something you didn't expect. You didn't expect to get a diagnosis for your child, uh, but God still has a purpose for that and a plan in that. And that plan includes some pretty exciting possibilities for what you might be able to do. So it kind of walks parents through what they could experience uh, in this new role as special needs parents. And then at the end, just really provides hope that God has a plan for their child and even for them with these limitations that we may feel as special needs parents, but kind of refocusing that as promises and possibilities um, and joy in this life. That's exciting. I, I, I want our listeners to definitely check that out. They can find it at your website, sandrapeoples.com or mm-hmm. at lifeway.com, or I'm sure uh, Mr. Amazon probably has that as well. <laughs> yep, <laughs> of all course. the booksellers. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, like I said, we're going to close this out here, and then we're going to start a new episode for our listeners to join us about how, the how. We've kind of talked about, you know, where we are, current state as a church, in terms of a disconnect between what churches think they're doing versus what families are, are um, experiencing. So let's talk next about how we can tackle this. So thank you for joining us, listeners. Check back with us on the next episode of Kids Ministry 101, where we will talk about becoming a welcoming church to special needs families.